Jesus King. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to let our classes go back. And I'd like to spend a few minutes on our lesson here today. It's only a little after 11, about 5 after. So we got some time. And uh, thanks to all that's here. God bless each one of you. We, we appreciate all the saints of God, all our guests, each one of you. Man, I'm telling you, we're just honored. Those that's out this week, it's good to see you back. Amen. What some beautiful services we had Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. Would do you well to, if you miss those services, to listen to them. Uh, what a, God, a lot of revelation and preaching that was brought to us and helping us, amen, for this journey and to finish this journey. We're not just in a race, not just any race, but we're in the race for our lives, we're in the race, amen, to heaven, amen, to be who God has called us to be. And uh, no doubt God is working in Bendale, Mississippi. He's working on our behalf, and we're thankful for that today. Man, very present help in the time of trouble. And uh, God's been good to us and allowed the fivefold ministry to allow us to cross paths with such men like Brother Phillips and others. A man that's uh, kept grace this pulpit and uh, helped us, a man, to hear the word of God and to feel the power of that word. A man, as it's it moves into our lives as it moves into our hearts and so we're so blessed amen to to have that to take place and uh, we got a, a powerful lesson this morning and uh, I realize that um, what a move of God we've already had uh, I believe lives have been touched I believe heaven's been touched I believe hell's been stirred up <laughs> can't have one without the other a lot of times when you get the devil stirred up that's a good sign that you head in the right direction as long as you're not doing nothing just lukewarm and just in neutral that's, that suits the devil he likes that amen if I, y'all just stay there that's like sending an army over there with you know y'all just go over and make up count now we're not going to send you no guns no ammunition or nothing y'all just go over and we just put on a good show Man, the enemy won't think much of that, will they? But man, when they, they start seeing tanks roll in and airplanes flying over and those guys getting out with machine guns, and hey, they here for war. That's the reason you and I have to do what Ephesians 6 chapters taught us about putting on the whole armor of God. Amen. Because we're in a warfare every day of our lives. The enemy's out to set snares and traps, and we're no match for the devil. Man, no more than Eve was in the garden. A man to beguile or to trick us, and even even Adam. Now he he wasn't beguiled. As Paul, you just go to Paul. Paul says that. A man. So he knew the devil knew what to do and how. He knows how to set snares. He knows how to set up events to play out what he desires. Just like God, just like God does things, brings things about. Things are not just by chance. Man, but God's a sovereign God that'll work for us and helping us. Got a powerful lesson this morning, leaving slavery. Leaving slavery. Amen. Being a slave unto sin. Dominated, controlled by it, dictated by it. Um, to say that there's not pleasure in that would be an error. There is carnality and fleshly pleasure in that. It just doesn't last very long. And uh, the writers in the New Testament helps us to understand that, even with Moses. 
Amen. Not choosing, he could have. After spending 40 years, amen, with Pharaoh. And uh, after the passing of Pharaoh, no doubt Moses was in line to be the next one. Holding such a position, having such an opportunity to enjoy the best of life. The best of what this world had to offer. Amen. But he didn't choose that. He'd rather suffer the afflictions of Christ. Amen. And uh, uh, everybody know that I'm a Hebrew. I'm a one God believer. <laughs> Amen. So we have got a, a beautiful lesson. And as it talks about the ten plagues. And talks about how that God works. and uh, How he sets up things and works it out. Focus first you'll find in Exodus 15, 1 and 2. This is the song of Moses. This is after the departure coming across the Red Sea and songs that are sung. And even Miriam takes up the tambourine and joins in in this celebration. Amen. Of what had just happened, what had just took place and the power of it. And there's a lot to that. It really is not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. Amen. As we we see a likeness there. And I don't know if time allows us, but... uh, make it to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Paul's writings into the current church talks about this particular event. A man, a crossing of the Red Sea. That all, all, all had to come across. A man, all had to come through the sea. All had to follow Moses. All drank and ate of the spiritual water and bread. A man of Moses. A man, there wasn't, you know, they wasn't, everybody could do their own thing and decide when they want to come across. If you, if you drug around, you, you, you drowned it with, the, with Pharaoh's and his captains. Okay? So there is a period of time of grace. There is an opportunity to respond to God's grace and mercy and opportunity. And uh, to take it lightly. And I, I believe this could be for salvation. I believe this can be for healing. I believe this can be for miracles in a lot of areas of certain circumstances or situations. That God is a, is a merciful God. He is. But at the same time, when he moves, man, we have to move. We have to respond. And uh, so it's very important that we do that. Amen. Then saying Moses and the children of Israel... This song, song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength. I want you to notice the first term that he uses there. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is the one that can strengthen you to come out of the world. The Lord is the one that can strengthen you to come out of darkness. The Lord is the one that strengthens you when you make that about face turn. Too many people want God to just magically and supernaturally deliver them with no resistance, with no efforts. Just take it away. Let me, let me arrive back. Let me ask you something. After the uh, translating of Philip, 
What if all the disciples and the apostles said that, you know what, I'm not going nowhere else until God translates me. I'm not buying no chariots. I'm not buying no camels. I'm going to quit walking every day. I'm going to tend on God to translate me. If he done it for Philip, he can do it for me. You'd be surprised how close I am with a lot of, lot of situations there. Can I say something to us this morning? Because I know my time's limited. Can I say something? Let me ask you something. The prodigal son, did his father send a chariot to get him? Did his father send a messenger to get him? What did the son have to do? Bible said when he came to himself, what did he do? Who had to make the journey back? And when you make up in your mind, I don't care how far in darkness, how far in sin, if you hadn't crossed that line, amen. If you hadn't turned over to a reprobate mind, or God hadn't sent you a strong delusion, to, if, if those things haven't happened, then I don't care where you're at. When you make up in your mind, I'm coming back. And you come to yourself. God will give you the strength to make the journey. But he's not going to miraculously just pick you up and just set you. There is a purpose and a reason behind that. Even God knows that we're designed in, in, in the way we're created. How many has ever seen kids that everything was just given to them? Credit cards given to them, this, and man, they just, you know, they didn't have a clue where money's coming from because it's always was available. Never held a job. Sleepers lazy, want to sleep. Do what they want to do. Every time they got getting a little trouble because these folks, new fright folks, got them out of it. Every time they got a ticket, Called the right people and got out of it. Deputies on the way to jailhouse with them, but the sheriff calls and said, hey, take that boy back. <laughs> what happens to him? What's the outcome? They become, it starts with the S2. And it's not strength. <laughs> it's called being spoiled. Want you to wait on them hand and foot. <laughs> hey, it's in them. Them babies, I mean, I mean, they're used to it. When they cry, you pick them up. When they cry, you get a bottle for them. When they cry, you change their behinds. <laughs> when they make messes, you clean them up. And so we mold them and shape them for the first few months of their lives. Then all of a sudden, magically, we want them to start walking, talking, behaving, sitting down, standing up and running and doing this, folding the clothes and... <laughs> I'm on now. So sometimes God has to do us the same way. I pampered you. I babied you. I've kept you in times you didn't even know I kept you. That devil to eat your lunch last night. But you know what? I didn't let him. I had an angel sitting right there. Amen. And he stopped him. He stopped all his means and ways. And he didn't let it happen. Amen. And I babied you and I've kept you. But I found out that you're just going to be a spoiled brat. If I don't start backing off and you get enough gumption, enough love about you, enough passion about you. When you fall in love with him, honey, you're willing to make the journey back. When you get it made up in your mind and heart and spirit, I'm selling out to God. 
I'm going to be a servant of God. I'm going to live for God. I'm not worried about what Jane's doing. I'm not worried about what Mary's doing. I'm not worried about what Jack or Bill's doing. I know what I got to do. I'm going to get back into his favors. I'm going to get back into his mercy. I'm going to, because God's going to give me the strength to make the journey. And so Moses, that song, before he ever talks about deliverance, before he ever talks about salvation, before he ever gives any knowledge to it, he said, God gave us the strength. Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. Who's going to prepare it? Moses says, I'm going to prepare. This book has taught us that a bride would make herself ready. There was a part, there was a part. As we commit ourselves, dedicate ourselves, you know what? We'll find strength from God to do it. I don't know how often we would hear, well, I just can't live that lifestyle. You can't by yourself. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's the reason it's so important to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That measure of the Spirit that helps us. Not only will it help us live an overcoming life, it'll help us in times when we don't even know what to pray for or how to pray for it. But find it moving on our behalf with groanings and moanings <laughs> to help us. Praise God. I Father's God, I will exalt Him. Two thoughts below truth about God the Lord is more powerful than things holding us in bondage. You got to believe that. God's more powerful than that which is holding me in bondage. The New Testament taught us it's according to the power that worketh within you. Quit blaming everybody else. That's one thing that's wrong with our country. Bringing, blaming everybody else and no, don't ever want to come to responsibility of, you know what? I got to give an account for my own deeds. The Bible even talks about coming to the accountability, the age of accountability. And I can open a can of worms there this morning. You wouldn't like them. I am, I'm not going to do it because I done that, that at a time or two. And man, they want that can shut and welded up and don't mention that no more. It's okay. Because it is a tough one. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's very tough. But put some responsibility on us as parents. Amen. To how we raise our babies and the places we take them. And what we encourage them to get involved in. And allow them to get involved in. Until they come to that age of accountability, who's responsible for them? <laughs> I'm not trying to open that thing, but it's... <laughs> All right. What happens in the land, the laws of the land? What's the first place to stay when you get, when you have a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 8-year-old, 16-year-old, takes a gun to school and kills two or three people, where's the first place they're going to come looking? Who are they going to start looking for first? And they're going to find out, did you assist him? 
Did you help him? Did you have any knowledge of this and didn't stop him? Why would the laws of the land be more greater than the laws of the heaven? Am I hitting home? I'm telling you, the responsibility of these babies is a lot greater than we, we think. It really is. So, as we watch this, and I, I know it's a powerful, it's a powerful uh, a lesson. covers a lot of territory. If you read it, it was from Exodus 7th chapter all the way to the 15th chapter, all said and done. It's going to cover some t- 10 plagues that have taken place. And you may ponder to start with and wonder, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago, uh, why Egypt? Why? Because you've got to remember now, this wasn't the first, uh, whose, whose idea was it for them to be in Egypt? Who put them there? God. Who made this miraculous arrangement for them to be in Goshen? Who informed another one, Abraham, the father of faith that had already, he'd been to Egypt too, by the way. Did y'all know that? He had Man, that's where the king, a man that wanted to take his wife, and we all know the story. A man, and when some time he left there blessed <laughs> with multitudes. And so we, we understand, now watch this. So Egypt wasn't a total stranger of being introduced to this God, Jehovah, Isaac, and then Jacob. Jacob's son, Joseph. You know, his sons had sold him out of envy. And what they set out to destroy him, God had set up a man to save not only Israel and Jacob, but the whole world. And so we see some things that happens in Egypt. And uh, some things that unfold. And so the scriptures go on and tell us that there was a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And after not knowing Joseph and didn't know who he was and what he had done, a man, he began to watch these Israelites. Now watch this. Seventy souls come into the land of Goshen. This, this ideal land for cows and cattle. A place that God had arranged for them to be placed and put. I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever take your church for granted. Don't ever take the house of God for granted. Don't ever take the family of God and God has raised you and put you into a family, a church, a body for granted. It's very important where God has planted you. That's where you're going to produce your best. I don't care if it's in the desert, on the top of the mountains, in the ghettos, or right at the gates of hell. As a part of that local assembly and connected and rooted in and sold out to, to give glory and praise and, and represent the head. Huh. Praise God. That's the reason if you're not careful that the enemy's constantly trying to cause uh, uh, turmoils and fuss and fights. and We see this in the natural and we see this in the spiritual. Okay. But there's nothing more pleasurable, more uh, uh, to accomplish or achieve things, both in the natural, amen, as well as in the spiritual, than what? Unity. When everybody gets together, that joins together, one cord, one mind, one spirit. Man, kingdom of God. This is about the kingdom of God. It's not about us as individuals. 
The one reason this nation is the greatest is it's because people came over here with the attitude, the spirit, it's not my nation. I didn't come to see what the nation could do for me. I come to see what I could do for the nation. When we come with the attitude, the spirit, I didn't come to church to see how the church can bless me. I come to be a blessing to the church. And being a blessing to the church, guess what? Guess who's going to get blessed? When it's all said and done. We do. You're right. So, <clears throat> as we watch this, and uh, these 70 souls in Goshen began to increase. And so, this new Pharaoh that knew not Joseph decided, to, amen, that he had to put a halt to this. He had to put a stop to this. Because not only did they grow in multitudes more than the Egyptians, but I believe in mightier. Uh, their, their, their men and ladies uh, was uh, their statue, their character, their whole makeup. A man and, and their surviving in Goshen was astounding. Because now as we watch them, a man some 430 years, which was really prophesied to be 400 years. And so is there a possibility that some of this is all about, a man, these taskmasters and uh, this new Pharaoh that had to be uh, come on the scene is because uh, the Israelites was very comfortable in Goshen. They found it to be a place, you know, where they didn't really want to leave. And, and even though they had multiplied now, you know, it's, it wasn't a big deal to have 70 in Goshen and the land, the, the territory that was given to them. Everybody had plenty of 40 acres and plenty of room and, uh, you know, to, to multiply and grow and the babies could get out and play and didn't have to worry about fighting with the neighbor's babies because they was 10 miles down the road. But as time went on, and this 70 multiplied, amen, to we know at least 600,000 footmen, not counting the children and women. Some estimate this now to an estimation between 2 and 3 million people that's in this land of Goshen. Now all of a sudden, nobody owns not even an acre, less than us, 40. Now all of a sudden, amen, when you look out your front door, you see your neighbor. You look out your back door, you see your neighbor. Now we've got to start building private fences and <laughs> uh, keep your pets over there and I'll keep mine that's my kids <laughs> Hallelujah. so it's, it's, it's a lot closer home we think isn't it and so we watch some of this unfold and begin to take place and so God amen because Goshen and in this particular area because they was in the land of Egypt 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 was known to be this polemistic uh, people. They believed in every god that you could possibly think of. They exalted and created bulls and cows and crocodiles and monkeys and, and raccoons. And, and, and they worshipped the sun. They had a sun god. And I could go a little deeper than that, but I won't. That would be offensive to some, so I won't. They, they worshipped the moon and different things. And they would fashion themselves and mold themselves. They went as far as, amen, started a lot of this. And a lot of history proves this. That they would, they would have paintings and they would create uh, statues that would be half human and then have a, a human's uh, or an animal's head on it or have animal's legs and feet. And, and so what, what was all this representing? What was all everybody looking for? They're looking for strength, energy, power, 
and ability. But they were just looking in the wrong, wrong places. They worshiped, they called the water god. They worshiped the sky god. It was a, a supposedly post this woman that wasn't well clothed and shows her over, amen, over them. Like this is protection against all the elements. And so God, being the Lord that he was and the one all-knowing as he positioned. Now, you got to remember God knows the ending from the beginning. So when God put Israel in Goshen, he knew what was going to happen 430 years later. Instead of Goshen, amen, or the Israelites just miraculously and supernaturally saying, hey, we got to, we got to get out of here. Let's leave. Let's go back to the promised land. But apparently they didn't want to. So God sent some taskmasters. So sometimes, amen, when God sends some taskmasters our way, sometimes, some, sometimes amen, it's because God, we, we're too complacent. We're too lukewarm. We're too content where we're at. And so God sends them, amen, to stir us up, amen, to get us moving and get us back focused and, and back um, about the kingdom's business and God's business and not our business. Oh, it's a lot easier because America has shaped us and formed us. And this is the heartbeat, especially 40 years ago. The heartbeat in America was, amen, start laying up, putting up retirement, man. Put up your little good nest egg, amen. So you can have independence, that you can have so, some independence that you don't have to depend on nobody. You don't need nobody, amen. And But we didn't realize that in the same realm, it was fashioned us in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirit that it would bring us to a place that we wouldn't even need God, that we could start having schools and we could say, we don't need you, God. In fact, don't even bring that Bible and put it on our desk any longer. Don't even mention Jesus. And so we started fashioning and raising up generations. Amen. We got plenty of money. We have need of nothing. Come on, go to your revelation, the Laodicean church. We're rich and filthy and we got good. We have need of nothing, but yet we're naked. Amen. And let, amen. We, we, we're undone. Amen. Because why? Because without God, you can have all the money in the world, all the fame in the world, but without God, you're naked and undone and lost and undone. You're vulnerable, amen, to what? The demonic forces, the deceiving spirits and powers of hell. And so, as they, no doubt, you read your lesson, go back and read it, you'll see where he mentions uh, four or five of these gods. When I'm a nut god, and Kiprios are one of the gods. And so we, we realized that what had unfolded here. So there wasn't a better place. It's kind of like the World Series. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. It's kind of like the Olympics. We're going to see who's the best. We're going to really see who's God. We're going to really see who can answer prayers and prophesy and set times and limits when it's going to happen and when it's going to take place. In fact, Pharaoh couldn't have done what he'd done had not God hardened his heart. God, a sovereign God. <laughs> and he loves us, but we're nothing without him. But by him, through him, we can do all things. That's the reason we ought not be depressed. That's the reason we don't get up in the morning time scratching our head and wondering, what am I going, what am I going to do? What do you mean you're going to do? You're going to worship and pray and love God and it's going to be all right. That's what we're going to do. The order hadn't changed. You don't depend on your bank account. Because God and the devil, a click of a button can take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't go again, did it? <laughs> well, it's true anyway. Man, they're coming up with all kind of ideas trying to protect your accounts. 
But they still find it. I mean, they got folks sitting in rooms. When they call, you can hear them. <laughs> well, anyway, I didn't need to get on all that, but praise God. Best thing to do, just hang up. When you hear that little old, just hit that red button down there. That'll work for the devil, too. Paul said, we're not ignorant of the Satan's devices. If we'll learn, amen, I'm not going to give him a ear. I'm not going to give him my eyes. I'm not going to mash that button. Because I've got a strength. I've got one helping me. It's not by my power of might, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. It's a measure, but it's enough. If you allow it to flow, if you allow it to lead you and guide you, it really will help us. So as they begin to work through some of these plagues, and we start watching the demonstration. And Lord knows that there's no way we have the time here this morning to, to go through all of them or hardly any of them. But uh, we're going to see how that God works. Uh, he works in such a way, in such a powerful way. There are some few scriptures I, I really want to bring out. For instance, Exodus 9 and 16. And I didn't try to copy none of these. I just got it marked. We're just going to take our time and go through them. But uh, especially some key verses that, that we have written down. Uh, this is a time when one of the plagues where Moses had warned about the coming of the hell. And, and we know it began with, to start with, that the first three, that when those plagues were poured out, that Pharaoh would call his physicians. And they would come in and they would be copycats. Now they... Now, now, uh, that's a part I'm not, I don't quite, quite uh, uh, get my mind wrapped around. I mean, if, if I was Pharaoh, I wouldn't want them to make more flies. I wouldn't want more frogs. I mean, we got frogs. I mean, you open up the refrigerator, they're jumping out on you. You go to bed, you can't get them out. I mean, come on, you get in the tub and there's five or six in there. All you gonna do? I mean, well, I mean, when I got something that's pesting me like love bugs, I don't want to call on my my musicians and they make more of them. My idea when I called on you, sir, I want you to do away with them. But they couldn't do it. But 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 watch Pharaoh. He wouldn't be impressed. Go back and read it. He felt like as long as his magicians can do what they were doing. God's not interested in copycats. That's all the devil can do. He's, he's a copycat. He has nothing on his own. He has no power to create nothing. Lies. He's a father of all lies. He's a master of deceiving. But when it comes to deliverance, when he comes to being set free, there's only one. He that the Son is set free. And that's, that's what this lesson's about. Because we've all come short. We're all born in this falling nature. Paul's writings lets us know we all sinned and come short. 
We all understand and realize this morning that without God's mercy and grace working with us on a daily basis, we'll be lost and undone. We won't make it. We cannot depend upon our own abilities, our own powers, amen, to get us out of this world. If that be the case, then there would be no need of Jesus Christ or the gospel. But God knew that man could not save himself. He was going to have to have a savior. He's going to have to have a lamb. There was going to have to be a process that was going to have to take place. And even out of that garden that day, when he covered them with skins and put those skins over Adam and Eve and they walked out of there, I can't help believe there was a blood trail that was left, but that blood trail was what's going to bring us back into fellowship. That blood trail is what's going to bring us back into his favor. God's going to have a way back in to kiss fellowship and, and companionship. Because that's really what it's all about, just to have a companionship with God and to know him, depend on him, and to put our trust in him. Amen. And so it's you and I humble and yield ourselves unto his word. And watch it. God was willing to write it down because he knew where this world was going. He knew what was going to be unleashed. Computers didn't surprise God, folks. Technology has not surprised God. He knew. Some prophets he talks about and things, and we know it. So, but watch this. In this particular plague, plague here, and I'm going to try not to get too many, but anyway. The Lord said unto Moses, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews. How often does, does Moses come back with this message right here? Don't ever get tired of hearing the one God message. Don't ever get tired of hearing the plan of salvation, of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Don't ever get tired of hearing that. That's how you and I are set free. And that's how we're going to stay delivered. Amen. It's holding and building upon that sure foundation of understanding and having a revelation of this one God message. Because this is exactly what was taking place in Egypt now. That he was going to let the, the world, the world know that who this one Lord, all capital letters was. Amen. All the others they had submitted and given themselves and made sacrifices to was not their God. And God was going to show them through these ten plagues who this God really was to deliver and set free. And you can watch even the Israelites. They didn't like the idea because when Moses first came with the message to let my people go Pharaoh and the visitation in the third chapter of Exodus and where he had to deal with Moses and finally he tells Moses he said Moses you're going to be like a God to Pharaoh and Aaron's going to be like a prophet you got to be my mouth you got to be my voice and we're going to speak to him as though you're God himself and what you say that's how it's going down it doesn't matter what's happened before it doesn't matter what the position he's got and who he is this is how it's going to play out and that's the same way the word of God and living for God and the church and you and I as members of the house of God the devil's not going to defeat us sin is not going to technology is going to out, not outstep us hallelujah I'm telling you God's always ahead of every bit of it it's just you and I are led by the spirit of God if we'll be led by the spirit of God we're not going to get tripped up right. you might make blunders and mistakes but you know what John made it clear to us we have an advocate with the father We'll just confess and what? Turn. Turn. It's all about turning and then realizing 
I got the strength through his mercy and grace to get back in line. Get back in that straight and narrow pathway. I will at this time send all my plagues upon thy heart. And upon thy servants and upon thy people. That thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I would stretch out my hand that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence. And thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in very deed, or in the very deed for this cause, I have raised thee up. Now this is Moses talking to Pharaoh. This very cause I've raised you up. For to show in thee my power. And that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. That's what this was all about. Show who's the Lord. Show who's God. Who's the maker. Who's the provider. So it's God, you know, as as we watch some of this, and I know it's already a quarter till, but but as you watch some of this, and... um, (laughs) How God worked through these plagues. And uh, if, if you go back and study it, from the water being turned to blood, from the flies, they had a fly God, from the lice, but watch this. For the first three, he let the musicians come and they join in and demonstrate it. But when it came to the time that God told Moses, go to that furnace and get some ashes out of there. When you took them, he said, now notice, every time you perform this before Pharaoh, you let him see it with his own eyes. No, I don't do it in front of somebody else. Come and tell him. He takes that. It turns into lice. So that lice begins to make its way across that land. The Bible says even the musicians, when they come, and they tried to perform it, but all of a sudden, can't do it. And they even, they even confessed to Pharaoh, this is nothing but the finger of God. This almighty God. This is the only one. And starting from that point, you're going to see where the musicians could not ever again. It's amazing to me how God just used a rod, a stick, if you please. He meant to perform the miraculous, the supernatural, when he called him. And the first appearance before them, you know it. How that, that, that he come and he takes that rod and throws it down. Now, the first time Moses done that, the Bible says, buddy, he, I can't blame him. I'd have to tell God, this ain't funny. <laughs> and what really amazing, he said, pick him up. By the tail. You don't pick up snakes by the tail. You don't pick up snakes. There's something wrong with you when you're doing that. That's all I can tell you. Hmm. Hallelujah. I know the Bible said take up. I didn't say pick them up. I take them up when the shovels after I kill them. I take them. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you want to pick them up, that's your business. Just don't do it around me. Okay, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, you know the story. 
Now that they, even that first example, how those magicians come out there and throw their rods down. and they, But immediately what happens? Aaron's man gobble them up. That would just have to be amazing to me, man. I'd like to have been standing, you know, distance off, but I'd like to have been standing over. Yeah! So we, we see how God he begins to work. But, but, you know, too many times we feel like that God just ought to just move everything out of the way and just magically put us back. But he didn't do it. What happened? After the first encounter with Pharaoh, what took place? Pharaoh come up with the idea, y'all got, they, they, they got too much time. Don't give them the straw no more. Take it away. And the taskmasters became even hard. Can I help you out? Anytime you start turning to come to God, immediately the devil's going to start attacking. Immediately your carnality is going to start rearing up its old ugly head. And if you can be hindered or stopped, that's what's going to happen. But you got to make up in your mind and heart, I'm fixing to worship and serve the Almighty God. I'm fixing to have a revelation of truth and the whole truth. I'm fixing to walk in the fullness of it and the power of it. And if you'll sell out, God will give you the strength to make the journey. Some of them makes it pretty quick. Some of them takes them a long time. It just depends on the individual a lot of times. Amen. Just how, how, how stiff-necked they want to be, how indoctrinated they might be. Uh-oh, watch out. I'm going to tell you something. Men's doctrines out of this book right here is causing us more problems than the devil and all the demonical forces. Because if everybody get lined up in this book right here, I'm telling you the devil worshipers wouldn't have a chance in Bendale, Mississippi. I'm telling you there's a lot of spirits that dominate in this community. They'd be driven out and defeated if we just get lined up what's in this book right here. And the authority and the power that's in us. If we bow our knees unto no other God and we wouldn't give in to none other. Amen. Regardless of the circumstance, Regardless of who it is, we can't have no backup in us, amen. We got to make sure we stand strong and stand and stand sure in the doctrines and the promises of God, amen, because that's what's going to get us out of here and that's what's going to keep us in this liberated place. You can't change it, you can't, you can't start just back and forth. No, we got to stay with it. So Moses is sent, Aaron sent, and here they start this process. And you know, the time and I. Just because of time, I won't have time, but let me touch the last one here. And that's the blood, the blood. Amen. What a beautiful way this tempt plague is poured out. And you're going to notice something. All the others, pretty well, the Israelites just kind of sit back and watched it unfold. But this tenth plague, there is a responsibility that's placed upon the Israelite, each family. Each family. Not only was Moses and Aaron had a part to do, they was going to have a part to do. On this 10th day, this is going to be a new moon. I mean, a new month for them. That's what the Lord told Moses. It's going to be a new month of the months. Amen. From this plague right here. On that 10th day, he said, hey, each family, you go out there and get your lamb. You pick you out your lamb without blemish, without spot. A year of a male under a year old. He said, you bring him into the, into the home. And if your family's not big enough to eat the whole lamb, he said, you join up with another family, the lamb. Amen. We can go to John 1 and know that the lamb, amen, is the word of God. And it goes from that, amen, that the lamb is, is Jesus Christ. And, and so we understand that, who that lamb represented. Amen. Was that lamb that was, those lambs, I believe personally, lambs, amen, back in the garden, amen, the blood. It was going to bring us back. Now, this is that perfect lamb. It's Abraham let Isaac know that God would provide himself. 
And that's the reason the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and brought us lamb from, a, from a, that Isaiah prophesied it was going to come from a virgin. Amen. This lamb, amen, that, that didn't have an earthly father, but had a heavenly father. Didn't have an earthly blood, but it had God's blood. Because only God's blood without blemish and without spot. Amen. And so even when they picked out that lamb that day, all of this is what it was going to represent. And so when they chose that lamb, and they had a set time and a certain time to take the life on that 14th day in the evening time. Everybody was going to have to kill that lamb and cut the, the neck of that lamb and catch that blood in that basin. And they was going to have to take a bunch of, of hyssops and they was going to have to go out on the doorpost of the, and the lentils of their home. Not the barn. I've had people tell me, it don't matter how it's applied. Oh, really? Would you go paint your barn and not your house? Go paint your elephant and not your house. It does make a difference. It's got to be on your house. It's got to be in the dwelling place. And Moses went as far as just telling him, and don't come out of the house. You've got to stay in the church. Don't backslide over nothing. Hallelujah. You're better off in the church regardless how tough it gets, how hard it gets, how many hurt feelings you got. It don't make any difference. You're better off. In fact, if you get outside, if you go outside, the death angel, you're out of the protection of the blood. And the death angel's coming to get you. So it's important, ladies. I'm telling you, it is important, gentlemen. Amen. And so each one of them had an obligation and a responsibility to take and put that. If they was going to keep the death angel from the firstborn. Now watch this. Now Moses let Pharaoh know, you're not exempt either, Pharaoh. <laughs> you may be in the mansion and you may have all kind of securities and all kind of guards. But when, I, when that death angel comes through at midnight, watch this. And it wasn't just Pharaoh, his firstborn. But you could think of the most least important individual. But from the least to the greatest, the firstborn, that wasn't under the protection of the blood. Now, what was God doing? Covering everybody else that worshipped any other gods. You know, there was a place in, in, in those plagues that, that through those plagues, I believe by the scriptures that some of the servants of Pharaoh began to connect the dots. Because whenever Moses went and told them, said, God's fixing to send a hell. Going to destroy a man, a disease, a man upon your cattle, and upon your horses and asses and, and all the animals. But there's going to be a line now. And I know I don't have time here this morning, but there's going to be a distinction. There's going to be a, a difference. From that third plague, you're going to start watching now with the judgments coming. You know what? If you and I let judgment start in the house of God, it'll keep the judgments off of us out there. If you'll just fall in love and obey this, you can, you can keep a lot of things out there out of our lives. And so we can watch the very, you could draw the line between the, go back to the plague of light and darkness. The writer, he talks about how that you could, you could be on that, that, the borderline and go in from darkness to light, darkness to light. <laughs> but here, even the cattle, the animals, they could watch them. They could come back over. And, and, and who knows, maybe Pharaoh sent some of his messengers. Go check out that bunch of goats and bunch. Go see what's happening. God kept hardening his heart. Why? Because God was going to prove to the earth and to the world of this one God. And so all the others, maybe, maybe some. Amen. But anyway, the point of that was, I'm, I'm not getting, the point of that was some of the servants of Pharaoh took 
and brought their servants in and their animals in so that they wouldn't be destroyed and killed. Okay? So when you come to this and that blood on that doorpost and mantles, no one's exempt now. Now we understand when you get into the New Testament now, that there's a blood that's got to be applied to our lives, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the only thing that can wash away sin, nothing else. Obedience through baptism. Just like circumcision that Abraham had to fall under. Amen. Circumcision of the heart now. Not of the flesh, but of the heart. And through that, amen, it's a, it's a type of baptism. We're baptized into Christ. And that baptism, both of water and of spirit. Two elements, one baptism. If you read the scriptures close enough, this is what ought to happen. When you repent, when you've died out to the world, when you've made that turn, amen, I'm, I'm turning back. I'm going to find the strength in my Lord. I'm going to find the salvation in my God. I'm going to find him as becoming my helper, my deliverer. And it doesn't matter how addicted they might be. It doesn't matter how lost they might be. When they get it made up in their mind, you know what? God's going to deliver me. And if you read the lesson, you read about Randy and you read about Marcus and you read about how Randy came and how that he lived on the backside of a grocery store and how that he'd done drugs and alcohol and lived the life that he lived. And all of his friends, amen, was the same kind of lifestyle. And all of a sudden laying out in the grass, amen, some a man come by and visit him and told him about Jesus and, and told him amen that Jesus could set him free that he don't have to live this life any longer and he went to church that night but he didn't even stop but as he made his way into that church he made his way all the way up to an altar because he came to be delivered he came to be set free he believed what that man told him hallelujah right out there and on that, that parking lot on that grassy place there at the grocery store he believed him and when he come up God baptized him with the Holy Ghost and you read about how then from that point amen he begins to apply himself and give himself and you know he wasn't educated and it was that's what Marcus talks about about him you could tell that and you could realize that, that when he was in the, in the classes and Sunday school classes hey man he was much older than everybody else but there was something about him because nobody worked harder than he did and he was glad and happy when he made Caesar and all of a sudden his pastor had him preach one night and he couldn't read that good and he went too eloquent amen with the scriptures but all of a sudden he began to tell his story all of a sudden he began to tell about how that he was strung out on drugs and alcohol and what God had done to deliver him and set him free and brought deliverance into his life and it moved that church and it moved him to a place that made him a pastor and so this Marcus comes back years later he comes to the church amen and there he said how in the world did you do I just keep telling the story there's no better story than your own story how God's delivered me how God's brought me out how God's kept his hand on me let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen especially those that's raised in an apostolic church hallelujah the greater story is I've never been there by the grace of God, he kept me out of it. I didn't get wrapped up in it. I didn't have to be delivered because, yes, I did. I kept, I, I was delivered by never getting involved. No, I landed to pull me there and got me to get involved. And it's up to you and I to help them along this journey that they won't get snared and trapped in it. Huh. There's a lot of demons, a lot of demonical forces. How many of you believe as we stand here this, today? How many of you believe that family's under attack? So whose who's responsibility is to fight for families? Stand the gap. Make some strong decisions. Make sure how, what methods we use to fight. 
what, what directions, how are we going to go about it? Sometimes we'd like to be like Sister Buford talked about this morning, like David talks about. Man, I'd just love to get on some wings sometime and just fly away. <laughs> just, just get away from all of it. But we can't. But God can help us. And I believe it's important in this end time not to grow weary in well-doing. I believe it's important, amen, to pray for the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Are you hearing me? The church mind is being attacked this day and time. Good, sound, healthy minds. You look at our country. You say what you want to about it. If, if some of this, if you could pull about 50 years back and brought it up here, it would blow some of them's mind that we've got in the condition. What brought us there? Because people's minds became, became distorted. A man became messed up. And, and now all of a sudden we want to accept it regardless of what's written in this book. Regardless of what's, uh, because you know what, because there's a likeness of, of what's being taught. Not a preaching, but of truth. Having an ear for truth. But truth is really the only thing that can set you free. Truth is the only thing that really can liberate your spirit and your inward part. Truth, amen, is the only thing that can deliver you from slavery. And you, you can't compromise. You can't deal with it. You can't, you can't deal with the devil. You got to just destroy that. You can't just play games with life. No, you got to destroy it. You can't feel sorry for yourself and say, well, I don't deserve this and I don't deserve that. Hey, you better watch those voices. You better watch those spirits. They're setting you up. Setting up and setting an avenue and a door for you. A man to go down and justify that. That's the reason you got so many denominations. I'm just telling you. Out of this, it ought not be. Even among one God Pentecostals, it ought not be. Isms and schisms. Not by this. You know, we preach a lot about drugs and alcohol. And, but what about spirits? That even Holy Ghost feel people. Can allow them to get a hold of them. What about. What about. Family. Traditions. And that can be handed down. And a way to respond. And handle things. If both children are raised in a home. Where throwing a temper tantrum. Is the way they handle it. Guess what they're going to do? Them little fellers needed my mama with them temper tandems. I believe the sheriff could have been there. She'd have just got a bigger switch. You want some of it? <laughs> Because there's some things you have to drive it out. And you know what? They loved us enough. Cared about us enough. They was willing to do it. And so the word of God. And uh, true deliverance. 
Here's the deal. Some of us may be shocked if we really take a real good examination of what I'm a slave to. What I'm giving myself to. I don't want to be a slave to nothing but to truth and to God. I want to walk the way he wants us to walk. Believe and worship. Be the vessels. That's what this is all about. It's about him. It really is. He's the light of the world. He's the salt of the earth. He's the one that has given us the strength to live and be victorious and have revelation. His light. Led by his light. We're living in a world today that most people... They don't even know what sin is anymore. I, I'm not trying to be like, I'm just telling you, we're living in a world today. So there's so much accepted that it's all right. We just accept it. God help us. Because true deliverance comes when, you know what? I'm going to let you be the Lord of my life. And I mean it to the point, you know what? I want to be kind and love people even when they don't even deserve it. It's no big deal for me to love people that loves me. That agrees with me and walks with me and ain't no big deal. But I want to love people regardless. That somehow through that demonstration of love, they said, you know what? We can't overcome this. We can't be victorious. Delivered from slavery. Delivered, set free. That's how he found it that day. That's how God blessed him. Randy, that could have just pushed it off and said, but no. But, but listen to his testimony. Now, this is a few, folks. I'm going to tell you right now. There ain't going to be many that like that. But listen to his testimony. He said from that night, he never had another desire for any drugs, any alcohol, or any of that lifestyle. And he never looked back. But here's something I want to say to us. Maybe some of us has never been entangled with alcohol or drugs. But if we're not careful, there are some old spirits that we become entangled with. Because of life sometimes. Pitfalls. Hurt feelings. and Things didn't work out. And if you're, not, if you're not careful, the devil will use that as leverage to create some spirits and some attitudes to seal up that old conscience and that heart and limit limit the power of God and the love of God to work in your life now you talking about being set free you know what a real slave is it's when you're a slave to something and you don't even know it when you're, when you're bogged down and Weighed down with something and you don't even realize it. 
But that's what the Word of God's all about. That's what God's all about. That's what the Holy Ghost, that's what conviction is about. Thank God for conviction, folks. We need conviction. We need to pray for it. Conviction. Because without it, we won't make it. Bring it our way, God. Why? <laughs> I want to be a. I want to be no slave to something that's going to lead me off somewhere. No, we want to be the liberty of God, freedom. Folks, let me say this. I know my time's out. It's past, but folks, look. Quit trying to worry about everybody else. Brother Ford didn't mention that this morning. You can't please everybody, but you can please God. And in pleasing God, guess what? There's going to be a lot of people that you're going to please to. There's going to be a lot of people you're going to impress it just simply because you're living for God and staying with it. So you obey God and let God work all that other out. Y'all help me pray this morning. Lord, we love you. Appreciate you today. What a, what a word. What a message. What a truth, amen, that's in this book. It's in this lesson for us. We humble ourselves, yield ourselves, both heart, soul, mind, and body. This temple that belongs to you, God. Our lives that belong to you and to your service. And God, we want to walk in the beauty of your service. And the power of the Holy Ghost and the love of God. We will walk in the true liberty, God. Before the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. That's the liberty that we want to walk in. That's the liberty we want to experience and allow to flow in this church and through this body. This is a liberty we want to take to our neighbors, our friends and loved ones and different ones up and down these roads. That there is a hope. There is a way. There is one that loves them and cares for them. That will liberate their souls and hearts and minds. We're going to give you the honor for it, God. We're going to give you the praise. I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this service today. The families that represents this church. And God, you help each one of us to walk in the true liberty of the Holy Ghost and the power thereof. Giving you the glory and the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' Jesus' name we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you, Brother Ford, to be preaching for us. Let me say thanks to all that was able to help us yesterday morning. Hey, the sign went very well. It took about two, two and a half hours. And thank God, man, it just went in place. And appreciate the man was able to come help me. God bless you this morning. Appreciate you.